The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to the twelve, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, and even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I've been reflecting um, because of some recent events in my life on what it means to be part of a group or part of a body uh, tasked with a particular job. Um, the first thing that got me thinking about this was uh, back in May when, and I promise before I say this, I promise that not every sermon I preach from here on out will talk about my jury duty. Uh, but I did serve on a jury back in May and that was the first thing that got me thinking about what it means to be part of a body. Um, and then more recently, last Thursday, uh, I attended the funeral of Pastor Chris Nelson. I know there were many others from St. Philip the Deacon also who were at that funeral. Uh, if you did not know Chris, he was effectively our first executive pastor. Um, he served here in the 80s and 90s. He was a dear colleague and friend of many of us in the Twin Cities and a story for another time. But Chris, in a very real way, is the reason that I'm here at St. Philip the Deacon. I knew Chris uh, before I knew Pastor Hoffman. And if you knew both of them, you remember that they were the dearest of friends. Um, and so Chris is the person who introduced me to David and one thing led to another. 
and here I am. In any case, I went to that funeral, uh, certainly for my own personal reasons as Tim Westermeyer citizen, but uh, I also went as part of a group of area clergy who were representing the larger church and remembering Chris's great gift to the church and to the world. So I have a few thoughts uh, prompted by those uh, experiences on the, in those two different groups that I, d I then want to reflect on how they impact our life or what they might have to say about our, our life of faith. So first thought is that in both of those instances, those groups were initiated, or you were initiated into those groups for the sake of an important mission. Uh, in the case of the jury, we were sworn in. That's what formed us as a group for the sake of deliberating in a trial, of weighing evidence and determining the guilt or innocence of the defendant. In the case of the pastors, this didn't happen as a group, but each of us individually went through uh, a lot of training and then eventually went through an ordination service and an installation uh, service for the sake of communicating the message of the gospel. Okay, so that's the first thought, is you're initiated into this group for the sake of a purpose. Second thought is that while both of these groups, bodies, uh, definitely operated as groups and bodies, that doesn't mean that, or it didn't mean, that the individuals within it were therefore erased, or the individualism of every part of that group was erased, if that makes sense. Um, on the jury, for example, each of us, all 12 of us, came from very different backgrounds. We were different ages, different uh, educational backgrounds, and that was really, really important as we deliberated. So while, again, we were operating as a body, as a group, the distinctive nature of each individual within it was really important. Uh, in the same way as I sat with my 30 or 40 colleagues in the pews at Central Lutheran where Chris's funeral was, I was reminded that, yes, of course, there's a lot of similarities uh, among us, but there are also a lot of differences. We approach our work differently. We have very different calls, the contexts. Uh, this is cer specific circumstances of our calls are different. So again, even within unity, there was great diversity. So that's the second point. The third point uh, is that in both the jury and in this group, there were very clear external tangible signs that we were set apart. Uh, in the case of the jury, we were seated in a particular part of the, of the courtroom, and if you've ever been in a courtroom or served in a jury, or maybe you're a lawyer or a judge, you know that as the jury enters or exits the room, everyone stands for the jury as a sign of the sort of gravity of what we're doing and a sign of respect for the important task uh, the jury has been given as part of our civic life together. So again, those are outward tangible signs. In the case of the funeral for Chris, all of the pastors sat together um, and we all were dressed the same. We wore our white robes and uh, our stoles, which are symbols of the pastoral office. So those things set us apart and made it clear that we were part of this body, part of this group. Okay. So again, I want to reflect now on how those things inform our lives as Christians. And the first thing I would say is whether you know it or not, you are in fact part of a group. Uh, you are part of the church. And biblically it's talked about in different ways. Uh, the people of God, the, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit are some of the big ones, but you are part of this group. And again, the first point, the initiation, you are initiated into this body, as Paul talks about in the reading from Romans, 
through baptism, where you're baptized into the death of Jesus and therefore also baptized into the resurrection of Jesus. And the point of the baptism isn't just to sprinkle some water on a head of a baby or an adult, but rather it's to initiate you into the work, the important work that we're called to do here to spread the gospel. We could talk about that in a lot of different ways here at St. Philip the Deacon. We use our mission statement regularly to reach out, proclaim, inspire. Um, I also really like um, Jesus' admonition, command to us in the parable of the sheep and the goats where he reminds us that his as his followers, we are enjoined, we are commanded to feed the hungry, to give a drink to those who are thirsty, to clothe those who are naked, to welcome the stranger, to care for those who are in prison and who are sick. So that's the first thing. Again, we're initiated through baptism into this body for the sake of spreading the gospel. Second thing, and this one could be a sermon all by itself or maybe even a sermon series, and we probably don't talk about it nearly enough. Uh, the assumption that we may have is that, well, we come here into the church, and uh, the point is that we should all become like one another. And in fact, the exact opposite is the case. We come here to this place, and yes, we are part of this body, but we come here to this place to discover how God has made each and every one of us different and unique unique in the true sense of the word, as in one of a kind. As some, someone once said, I don't remember who it was, uh, they said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. <laughs> and it's our job here in the church to help each and every one of us discover who God made us as a unique individual. Uh, you all know, I think, that I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis. One of my absolute favorite essays by him is a little essay called Membership. I would commend it to you. It is, in my opinion, the best thing ever written on the Pauline, as in St. Paul, uh, understanding of the body of Christ. And the point he makes there is exactly the one I'm making, which is that we come into the church not to become more like all of our brothers and sisters, but rather to be different so that we can bring our specific skills and gifts and abilities to the work of the church. Third point. And this was the one, <clears throat> again, where there are some outward tangible signs of the fact that we are a group. And if you used to watch Sesame Street, I think it was Sesame Street, there was that game they played, one of these things is not like the others. Do you remember that, anyone? Okay, thank you. Um, so this is not like the others in the sense that, uh, as Christians, there are not external uh, obvious, tangible signs that we have been set apart as a group, other than maybe the fact that we come together here and worship uh, periodically. But when we leave this place, we don't wear anything distinctive clothing, we don't have a distinctive uh, diet, uh, we don't pray publicly uh, at certain times of the day to draw attention to ourselves. So we go from this place and we do what? We disappear into the world. Now, biblically, I can make a strong argument for the benefits of that, right? I love in the Gospels in the New Testament where it talks about how we are uh, the salt of the earth, or we are like leaven, right? And salt and leaven does not do its work by drawing attention to itself. When you salt food, it doesn't, it doesn't do its work by saying, hey, look at me, I'm salt. And leaven doesn't do its work by drawing attention and saying, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm leaven in the bread, do you see me? How does it do its work? It does its work by disappearing. Salt disappears into the food, it's flavoring to make the food taste better. Leaven, in the same way, disappears into the yeast, or into the, the dough in order to make the bread rise. And in, in other places, 
It talks about how Christians are called to be the aroma of the, of the world, to flavor it or through our nostrils with the aroma of Jesus. And we do those things again, not by drawing attention to ourselves, but by going out into the world and disappearing into it and flavoring it. And that's a good thing. But the downside of it is that because we disappear into the world, I do think sometimes we forget we're part of this body. Uh, you know, there's a reason that sports teams all wear the same uniforms. There was a reason, or there is a reason as a jury that you do things that sort of connect you. At this funeral, it was a powerful reminder of the work of the church to have all these pastors sit together and dress like one another. As Christians, we don't have that. And so this morning, I simply want to remind each and every one of you that you have been called. You have been called and initiated into this body. And it is you, individually, uniquely, who have been called because God needs you, not someone else. God needs you to help accomplish God's work in the world. And while it may sometimes be difficult for the world to see the impact you're having, and maybe at times it's difficult even for you to believe that you are making an impact, I promise you that God does see it. Will you join me in prayer? Good and gracious God, we thank you for inviting us into this body called the church. We pray that as we gather, you will help us to see with the eyes of our hearts the great dreams you have for the world and help us also to have the courage to follow you to help you accomplish them. In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.